Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Jess and Matt join me. We are here to bring you a little bit of IndyCar news. We're going to do some team Pit Lane shoutouts and then round it out with some Stump the Hosts. This is the third attempt to start the episode, so I am now flustered and confused, guys. Are you enjoying the Daytona 500 Stage 1? That's on probably all of our TVs in the background. Stage 1 just ended, I should say. Not as much as I'm enjoying watching you being flustered. Oh, boy. It's bad. I want money, so yes, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, Jess just has beaten both of us right now. Yes, you might, you might actually get some live reactions from us in the middle of this episode. Wow, this. Yes. You're going to be listening to this earlier or later in the week, and we're going to be saying, like, oh, my God, can you believe so-and-so blocked so-and-so? And they're going to be like, what? <laughs> Well, if it rains again, it might actually like be like somewhat pertinent because it is Florida, so there is always a chance it's going to rain again. Yep, it's not supposed to rain again, right? But I mean, but okay. it's Florida. Yeah, it's Florida. Yeah, Florida weather, Florida man. You know, it's all the same thing. Anyway, <laughs> where should we start here? Uh, let's get with the let's let's give some positive thoughts to Fernando Alonso, who was in a accident with a car on his bike. He is doing okay after jaw surgery for a broken jaw, and they say he's going to be okay for the start of the season. So I don't know if you guys want to add anything there or if I missed anything on the announcement, but pretty scary. Glad that it, I don't want to say glad it was just a broken jaw, but yeah, I guess I'm glad it was only a broken jaw in this case. Are you starting to get the feeling that uh, race car drivers should probably stay off bicycles because it seems like an abnormally high amount of them get hit on their bicycles? Yeah, this is why when I bike on the street, I like to stick to where I can duck into neighborhoods here and there because people don't pay attention when they're driving because they're texting Kind of like that guy during the Xfinity race last night who hit the safety vehicle. So, yeah. Anyway, let's let's move on there. Hopefully he is okay in, God, what, the season starts in six weeks? Testing in three or three weeks now, probably. Yeah. So, well, keep our fingers crossed for him. Former F1 driver Roman Grosjean was officially announced last week for... Dale Coyne Racing slash Rick Ware Racing for the road and street courses. Super happy to see him. Obviously, he's not doing the ovals, but he did say there's a chance he might do Gateway later in the year. 
depending on if he's able to get any sort of testing in or whatever. So what do we think? How do we think Roman's going to do in an IndyCar this year? Well, first of all, his name is Groman. Silly me. (laughs) Groman is going to do good, I think. I think he's going to pick it up pretty quick. Um, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to be like saying he's going to win a race, but I think that he's going to do fairly well. I think he will adjust uh, quickly to the cars. I don't know. We'll say maybe like, I don't know, 17. 15, 16, 17, somewhere in there in the points for the year. I like how of all the things I've ever said on this podcast, the Gromon thing is the one that like has stuck. It's the one thing that's stuck with me out of every incendiary thing I've ever said. Well, only the stupid things stick with you. Trust me, from years of experience, only the dumb stuff sticks with you. Yeah, but I say just as many stupid... Well, maybe not. I say stupid things too. <laughs> you said, well, maybe not. I've said stupid things too, but they never stick to me like you, except for the whole grow man thing. But I like it though. That's oh, it's the a fun only name. reason it sucks. <laughs> yeah. So as far as Grosjean, you know, I wish him luck. I think if we take out the ovals, I think Jess's prediction of fifteenth or so is pretty accurate. But without doing indie, it's probably gonna be closer to twenty fourth or so just with the double points. So I don't know. He, it's his time to shine, I guess. He's back into a competitive car for the first time in, I don't know how long, 2013-ish. I mean, I guess he podium in 2015 once, but it's been a long time since he's been in a really competitive car. So um, I'm interested to see how he does. I think he's definitely got some unfinished business in his racing career and got some doubters to prove wrong for sure. Yeah, I found it funny uh, after the press conference, everybody just assuming Oh, Rick Ware racing, they're going to run at the back of the field, kind of forgetting about the whole Dale Coyne portion of the operation. That is a legitimate IndyCar team. Do you think so? The two guys who are doing only road streets this year that are rookies, obviously Connor Daly is right as, as of now right as well. So we have Grosjean and we have Jimmy Johnson. Strangest road and street course rookie class probably will ever hear ever in IndyCar. Who is going to who is going to have the overall higher point total at the end of the year, assuming they both do all thirteen road and street courses and nothing gets screwed up schedule wise or health wise? Roman, but I I did too. I want to preface my guess on where he finishes with saying if that's if he does the St. Louis race, um, I. I was kind of factoring that in, but yeah, I'm going to go with, he's going to do better only because he comes from a background that is similar and Jimmy Johnson really doesn't. Um, so that's, that's why I'm giving him the, uh, the leg up on this one. Yeah. As I've stated, I'm, I don't really have the most faith in Jimmy. Uh, I think he's going to do fine as a rookie, but I think we kind of have to, disabuse ourselves of the fact that he's going to come out there and light the show up. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. So I would too would go with Roman just because of uh, all the experience he's had in the past couple of years with road course, pretty much his whole life with road courses. Well, this is going to be our most boring topic ever because I, there's no chance I can disagree with you guys. I will point out, I found it very interesting in, in the press conference and then we'll move on here that he pretty much said it was either get his hand 
healthy enough to race or make his hand and the burns look better. He had to pick one or the other, and he said, I want to keep racing. So I really love the attitude despite everything he went through. And yeah, we'll just we'll we'll leave that at that. Speaking of yes, go ahead, Matt. Looks like it's raining. <laughs> Is that why they're under caution right now? Well, yeah, so there are six laps in the stage two, and they just showed like a picture of the floodlights, and it looked I mean, obviously my volume's off, but it looked a lot like rain. But I could totally be wrong. Yes, I did say that like literally seven minutes ago. <laughs> Florida I mean, man gets weather wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah, oh, we're about we're about to restart here. Oh, so there go. Oh, the lights are off in the pace car. Maybe I, I. Who knows? Maybe it was a locust storm or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of bugs there. So oh, speaking from experience, there are a lot of bugs in Florida. Breaking news: Mike Jokum was wrong about Florida man being wrong about the weather. <laughs> or and that'll being, change eight more times before yeah, we're, we're done recording. Me being wrong about this. the weather too, Mike Jokum, who accused the Florida man of being wrong about the Florida weather. Something like that. That was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, Matt. It's late on a Sunday night here, and we're going to move on. Unsurprisingly, Ferrari has said they are not coming to IndyCar at least as an engine manufacturer. I, I don't remember really. I know we've had plenty of discussions on this. I don't remember what we kind of predicted a couple months ago when it was more in the discussion, but is anybody really surprised? I think if I remember correctly, I had some sort of optimistic keep the faith kind of mentality. And I think I know Jess said no. And I think Mike probably in his own Maybe, but probably not. Kind of way said no. If that sounds familiar, I think I was in the middle. Like I, I was flip flopping in the middle, which is what? again pretty typical. Never. But it's because he has terrible, terrible like guessing skills. So he tries to like say yes and no at the same time. That way he can get it right. <laughs> Judging by one of my Daytona. 500 predictions is already or has been out of the race seven hours ago my skills have not improved correct that did not change with the new year (laughs) no no i was hoping it did but i mean maybe 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 it will when the season actually starts let me ask you guys this thanks jess i appreciate the real like the positivity coming from my co-host right now do you and this question actually came from from my dad. Does IndyCar need a third OEM or two OEMs? Can two OEMs keep IndyCar successful? And and mind you, Honda and Chevrolet are both signed through, I believe, 2030. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts there. Is there really a, a, a need for a third OEM like everybody pretty much insinuates yeah i think the biggest indicator of that is honda is actually trying to help indycar search and find a third oem and to me that's kind of the most glaring piece of evidence to indycar that maybe a third one is desired it would take a lot of pressure off of chevy and honda and you know having another one come in to, you know, pour some money in, pour some marketing dollars in. And, you know, Honda does things like helps chip in for Andretti Autosport or Takuma Sato or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So 
I definitely think a third one would help. I don't think it's vital, but I definitely think it wouldn't hurt either. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to disagree with that. Like, I I definitely think it wouldn't. It's not necessary per se, but it's it would definitely. Well, I can't even say definitely. I I would say it would likely bring more eyeballs to the series if there was. But again, I I don't know now because everything is kind of different with the climate of the world these days. So it's kind of hard to say if it would, I would hope that it would bring more eyeballs, but yeah, I don't know. And, and yeah, I wasn't surprised that Ferrari didn't come and not really, a don't really care one way or the other that they didn't come. I would like to see some of the other options that were toyed around with uh, over them. Yeah, agreed on that last point. And uh, honestly, I was firmly in the, yeah, I want a third OEM until my dad asked me. And then I got to thinking, I don't know. And I think the whole, you know, COVID state of the world thing makes it a little bit less important in the short term. But you know, maybe by, I don't know, 2025, 2026, when we have a new engine and a uh, primarily new chassis by that point we can start hoping for a solid third foundation because i do think it would make one-off entries into the indy 500 or or things like that a little bit easier on honda and chevy instead of having to supply you know 17 18 primary motors each to supply you know a third of the field trying to to enter the indy 500 i think it would lessen the burden on on the engine costs and whatnot so i don't know we'll we'll uh we'll move on and then i think the last piece of news oh well elio is no longer running at barber he's now running at nashville instead i'm not sure if anybody has any thoughts matt are you super excited to see elio in person in nashville if you go about as the same as i would be seeing him in person at barber if i would go which means okay fair probably not <laughs> you, you know if if you and i are at a race track together this year and we're able to cover something together you know i'm going to request to interview elio every every day of the weekend we can hey just because i don't like him as a driver i would okay. absolutely be honored to interview elio just want okay. that right. stated for the record uh um also if david lighting is listening to this uh text me about nashville <laughs> the real test is to see if I actually get a text. Uh, <laughs> um, and then lastly, before we get to some trivia impromptu here, um, Charlie Kimball was announced for the Indianapolis 500 with AJ Foyt. He has, I believe, kind of the same type of sponsorship he's had in the past. And it's the number 17 card, which is weird because that's not number 11. Number Oh, yeah. Sorry. I knew it was something weird like that, but. Um, because number eleven's not really been Foyt's number ever. I don't think. Um, Jess can chime in there probably more than I could, but it's just with with Andretti, then KV, and then kind of KV. Yeah, not that I recall. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, okay. yeah. So Kimball's back for the five hundred. So that's another entry. I think Nathan Brown said we are now at twenty-seven confirmed 
but really it's looking 35 might be within the cards this year. So uh, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about Kim Boulder. Happy for him. He's obviously one of the nicest dudes. He was very gracious on his media call the other day. And special shout out that he makes sure that young Asher's racing gets his to ask a question in the press conference. Cause sometimes little Asher gets forgotten about in these big press conferences. So it was really cool for him to kind of single out Asher there. And I don't really have anything else to add to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that given all of the situations that have played out, uh, here in the off season, I don't think it's a bad signing at all. I think that, you know, he's got experience. He's getting better at not uh, kimbling people. Um, so I, I think that, that that's a good thing. I mean, I, I think that for the team, that's, that's a good, uh, good signing. And, and it's, you know, I mean, it's not a bad team necessarily to be on for the 500. I mean, it's not, not the best team, but it's, I think that he'll do fine there. I really like the use of Kimbling Kimball as a, as a verb. Well, I mean, it's not the first time we've used it like that. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, some quick team pit lane shout outs, and then we're going to do, I don't know, some handful of trivia before we get to pitfalls. I think our pitfalls are excellent this week, so I'm super excited to get there. But let's go with our buddy George for helping out with a very impromptu NASCAR chat this morning, Cat Nickel, and Mr. Stephen King. So who wants to start trivia? You want me to start? All right. Uh, I am told I have to do 77 trivia questions or somewhere around there. So, guys, sit tight. Let's, I let's quit. start. I already quit. Yeah, Jess, go to sleep. Yeah. So we can stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, this is a, an all-time IndyCar question. Then I'm going to have a few that are more active. Taking out the United States, what country has the most IndyCar wins number two behind the u.s brazil you got it yes brazil second easily with 111 france third Third would be what's that is france third no france is fifth oh can you give can you give me third and fourth for a for a high um, five italy nope they're sixth uh colombia they're Ninth. Hmm. I, I guess colder. UK, England. UK, yep. 80, they're third. Oh. Fourth is... Australia? No, New Zealand? they're eighth. Nope, they're sixth. Germany? They're 17th. Nope, they have one all-time IndyCar win. I feel like we're missing... A... Canada? Canada, yes. Okay. Like, I'm like, I feel like we're missing kind of a big one. Um, Germany has not won an IndyCar race since 1937. So, good to know. <laughs> Just in case you, you were tell me, Arn Meyer never won a race. I guess not. <laughs> Man, all right, I can go next. Um, so we're specifically talking since the merger, so 2008. Okay. Uh, which driver has been bought out of his Indy 500 ride post qualifying twice? Ryan Hunter Negative. Oh, wait, no, he did the buying. 
<laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. She was so excited to say Ryan Hunter Ray. He did the buying. <laughs> so who was the like recipient? <laughs> Shoot. Now I've now I've got myself. It um... was it was the guy Rossi flipped off in the five hundred a couple of years ago, and his name is not coming to mind. Nope. It was okay, not Oriel Serbia. Not Oriel uh, Serbia. No. Oh gosh. Hold on. Mike Conway? No, no, he got bumped that year. The year okay. that Jess is referring to. I can't. I know it was a Foyt car, and now I can't even freaking remember who it was, though. And the other one, if it, I don't know if it helped, is a Conquest car. No, that doesn't, that doesn't help. I don't remember. Bruno Junquera. Okay, yeah. Oh. So, yeah, he made 2011, and then Andretti slash Hunter Ray bought him out. And then he made 2009, but the full-time driver, Tagliani, did not. So Tagliani got to replace him. And if I remember correctly, Tags finished like third or something. So made up for it, at least. Yeah, I, I'm i pretty sure you're right. Jess? Okay, so mine are not all specifically IndyCar, but we uh, are... Are we going to get we, horses or something? No, we're watching the Daytona 500. Oh, so I threw in a couple of random... God. Once. So the first Daytona 500, who won it? Kale Yarborough. Nope. Do you have a guess? Is no. Harley in his name? Negative. <laughs> but Petty is Lee Petty. Uh, yep. I can honestly Knew say it. my NASCAR knowledge is uh, what's 50 feet under garbage? Your NASCAR knowledge. I was looking for a verb <laughs> or adjective, but that works too. <laughs> yeah my nascar knowledge is is very hit and miss i've i've read a couple kind of like old historical pieces from like the beginnings of nascar and then it skips to like the last three years so oh wait they're doing to crank it up but my tv's on mute all right sorry <laughs> anyways mike you're next uh, wow that was the most excited i've he was, ever heard I was say, he got so excited and then realized that he couldn't hear it <laughs> Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> Moving on from there. All time, can you name the teams that have the most wins in IndyCar? Let's go with the top three or top five if we can get there. Are you just on the all-time Wikipedia page? Uh, right now, yes. <laughs> and then I'm going to be moving off of that. Uh, can you please repeat the question? Because I spaced yeah. out. <laughs> you you did. I saw... I saw I saw the look of nothing hit your face there for a second. <laughs> Race wins by team. The top three or top five. You guys can alternate. Matt can start. Penske. Okay, we got one. Ganassi. We got two. Uh, Newman Haas. We got top three. Andretti Green Autosport. We got four. This fifth one's going to be the most, I, th- I think, the toughest one. Patrick Racing. It is not, no, it is not a current team. Patrick Racing is uh, it's sixth, seventh with 42. I think a little bit older than that. He won a, a 500 as a driver at least once or twice. Let's say Dick Simon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Dick Simon Racing ever won a race. Uh, I don't think so. Not on this list. One is an owner. Mm. His his famous number, I think, was 98. Oh, was it? 
Parnelli Jones? Yes, Fells Parnelli Jones Racing with 53 is in fifth place. Hmm. I only knew because of the number. I actually didn't know he was a team owner anymore. Yeah, I knew th- I knew the number. I didn't realize he owned a team. That's interesting. All right. Um it's me. I got two left. Um So speaking of Chip Ganassi, team was founded in nineteen ninety. Let's go way back to when Mike was twenty one years old. His face. I'm not, <laughs> not <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, Mike. <laughs> Thanks. And Jess. Uh, Chip Ganassi, 1990, Target jumped aboard. Who was his first driver? Also an Indy 500 winner. Ray Kenny Hall. Brack. No, not Kenny Breck and not Bobby Ray Hall. But at least Jess was in the right era. <laughs> <laughs> what, year would, what, what do you, what year did you say? 1990. 1990. And he was... A, a very recently an IndyCar broadcaster. Eddie Cheever. Yes. Jess. Well done. Nice, nicely done. Because, you know, if I could start a team and pick a driver, it would definitely be Eddie Cheever. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. I would pick Buddy Lazier. <laughs> okay. Y'all are mean. <laughs> and not Buddy Lazier from 1996, like current day Buddy Lazier, like little heavy, little slow. Okay, I'm sorry. That's mean. It's Valentine's Day. We're supposed to be nice. Continue, Jess. Okay. Who won the inaugural IRL race at Walt Disney World? Buzz Calkins. Yeah. That one was fast. I don't know. I don't. It's just him being labeled as an IndyCar champion will this day annoy me to no end. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's primarily why I know that. I there should be a giant asterisk to Buzz Calkins, IndyCar champion. <sighs> well, after I get done my question, I'm going to do some searching for some Buzz Calkins merchandise. <laughs> Good luck. The, oh man! If not, I'm going to go on Etsy and get you some Buzz Calkins personalized merchandise. All right. Well, just make sure there's a check to see if there's a Bradley Motorsports website first before you do all that hunting. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing every friday we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview and chris and drew will be in your feed every morning from saturday through to monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track so if you want to be in the know on the latest in formula one subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com pit pass f1 a brand new show for evergreen podcasts
Yeah, that, we'll that we'll team do that went that. out of business probably before the internet was invented. <laughs> okay, so give me one second here. All right. Again, we'll do we'll 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 take I'll take the top five of anybody who completed an IndyCar race as of the end of the 2020 season. How who are the top five in total number of finished races? Jess, you can go first. Just for 2020? Wait, I'm really no, confused. As of 2020. All, oh, as of okay, 2020. Okay. Uh, Scott Dixon. That's one. Oh, sorry. Clarify. Are we calling it active drivers or everybody? Active drivers, active drivers? yes. All right. So, Scott Dixon. So, Elio Castroneves. Yep. Three to go. Tony Canon. Yep. Two to go. Marco Andretti. I don't remember if he was active or not. <laughs> yes. Yep. Ryan One to Hen- go. Ryan Henry. Yeah. Ryan Hunter Ray just squeaks in there at fifth, just four ahead of Will Power and, and Ray Hall. Sweet. So that means Power is going to jump into the top five this year, then, eh? Oh, no. He's still got a ways to go for Ray Andretti. Yeah. He's got 27 behind Andretti. So, so he's got another year and a half okay uh my grand finale question for you guys is similar it's a multiple right answer question uh the first to repeat or stall will lose so we can start with jess talking since the merger 2008 name an oval that indycar has run on ims yeah good job chicago land yep st louis yep Kentucky. Yep. Iowa. Yep. Homestead. Yep. Ooh, really? Sorry. Doing the math there in my head on that one. Oh, eight, oh, nine, and 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I kind of. I think I just squeezed it in. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fontana. Yep. Pocono. Yep. Michigan. <clears throat> Oh, I lose. Okay. Last was 07. How many more can you name, Mike? Ovals. Oh, boy. Milwaukee? Yes. I was, my next clue is about to be, which one would I repeatedly bomb over and over again? <laughs> Milwaukee. Richmond? Yes. Uh, one of the three active ovals on our schedule right now. Texas? Yep. And then the rest are... Kansas, Twin Ring, Motegi, Nashville, New Hampshire, and Phoenix. But y'all did good. Okay, mine is not multi-answered. And it it this is kind of like one of those weird trivias because I always have to get the weird question in. But it does have to do with IndyCar just back in the day. So... Okay, so sometimes we see drivers spraying champagne while celebrating a victory after races. Uh, in the 1967 24 hour of Le Mans, which driver started the tradition of spraying champagne instead of drinking it? Dan Gurney. Yes. Boom. How did you we get that? Just... <laughs> I don't... Robin Miller I don't probably really wrote know. a 15 page article about it once. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I honestly don't know, know how I honestly. I mean, just, I gave you a clue by saying it had to do with IndyCar, so I guess, but still. You know, Titanic owner, nah, Gurney Flap, 
nah, invented spraying champagne on people. That's that's the one. Got that's, it. That, that's it. That's the one we got to remember <laughs> for. Was that the Ford versus Ferrari year? Like when the when the movie was based off? You know? Yeah, I think it was the sixties. The Grand Tour yeah. on Amazon does a really good segment about that. They, like that was like three years ago before you know the movie was even a okay. thought. I think so. You should definitely check that out if you haven't. I haven't. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. All right, I got one more. Then we're gonna go to our pitfalls. This also only has one answer. What active IndyCar driver has the most career top tens without a win? Oof. I can't say Marco. <laughs> no, unfortunately, you cannot say Marco. Most top tens without a win. He didn't necessarily race in every race last year. Can you? Draw a blank. No, nothing. Yes, this is very puzzled. He has a luscious locks of hair. <laughs> it's very. It's, he's got a nice flow. Uh, almost, almost mullet like. He's really smart. J.R. Hildebrand. <laughs> I mean, that luscious locks of hair gave it away, but I'm like, what? <laughs> I just wanted you to keep going on that one. If Connor Daly enters one more, two more races and does not win them, he will surpass J.R. Hildebrand. I'm gonna, I got one for Mike. Mike, who's got the most F1 starts without a win? Oh, wow. Like ever? Yeah. And Active driver or just ever? Ever. Heinz Harold Frensen. No, he actually was a race winner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of like an obscure name. Martin Brundle, actually. Unless that's Did changed. he never win a race? No, and it's crazy because like, you think if you look at his like his teams he drove for, he drove for Benetton as Schumacher's teammate. He drove yeah. at McLaren in ninety four and ninety five. He drove at Ligier when they were actually halfway decent. And you know, people look at him like, Oh, he drove for McLaren. How do you, well McLaren was not really McLaren that year. So he yeah. kinda get but there was a couple he should have won and unfortunately just never happened. But anyways. I don't know why I yeah, thought of that just now. Yeah, that's that's a really good one. We should do an F1 trivia at some point, by the we way. We have anyway, you host versus me and Frenchie. Yeah, yeah, well, Frenchie. Frenchie's really good at that stuff. Yeah. Anyway. And now it's time for Pit Lane Parlay's Pitfalls of the Week. Robin Miller was mentioned in our episode today i feel like we can't go a whole episode without mentioning robin miller at some point he had uh we'll we'll say there were words on an html that he posted to racer mag i wouldn't even call it an article i dare not call it a valid opinion because it's really trash if you missed it he basically came out and wrote an article about roman grosjean's accident and in a nutshell, basically implied that it wasn't as I'm trying to find the right words here. While the he basically says while the Grim Reaper went to to Roman Grosjean, he never got in his grasp. End quote. So like, yeah, it was a frightening accident, but was he really that close to death? And then he goes on to cite here's some guys that actually were in the grasp of the Grim Reaper. We got Nicky Lauda, Alex Zanardi, James Hinchcliffe, Ernie Irvin, et cetera, et cetera. 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, everybody that he later mentioned in his article was very close to dying in an accident and terrible and not to make light of that. But I don't understand why we have to all of a sudden just kind of like discount everything that Roman just went through. And, you know, while it was spectacular, I mean, sure, he, he kind of like walked out. It's like, okay. I mean, he talks about James Hinchcliffe's accident. You know, he says there was a quick work of the IMS doctors, the safety team, and the Methodist hospital that saved his life. Well, in Grosjean's accident, it was kind of like, you know, the halo, the people that showed up right away, the marshals and the medical staff there. I mean, if it wasn't for their quick response time, who knows what would have happened to Roman? You can't just like, I I just didn't know where to start with this article. It's really, it, I don't understand why we have to kind of like discount everything a Roman went to. It's like, well, you know what? It was a spectacular crash, but he wasn't close to dying. So it's not really that spectacular. And if it was in the 70s, he would have just walked away and everybody in the 60s was better than him. And except it's like, what, what was the point? What were you trying to accomplish with this? I have the utmost respect for Roman. I can't believe he's getting back into a race car. We've all admitted on this podcast we would never, um, never, ever after that accident would we even look at a race car ever again. And so what he's doing is spectacular, and I just found the article to be in very poor taste. No real point to it at all, and thankfully it kind of drew the ire of the Twitter world because it was something we could collectively all denounce as a group. I don't know why we have to compare bad accidents at all or replay them or talk about them again. You know, like Ryan Newman got like an hour of pre-race coverage and I'm happy he, we got, he got pre-race coverage, but we don't need 77 more replays of what happened. What happened to all these guys, whether it be Mel Kenyon or Roman Grosjean is terrible and I'm glad they all survived. And I think it really should be left at that. It doesn't make Roman less of a man because he survived something that wasn't as serious or whatever in Miller's eyes. It was just a trash article all the way around. It was really frustrating to read. Yeah. I mean, I really don't have much to add other than, yep. All right. Well, I'll tune. I'll, I'll go next. And as I feel like this is going to happen more than once on our pitfalls this year, I'm really excited to bring back rich energy to the pitfalls. Yay, all is good in the world. Yeah. Yes. First off, they were set to make an announcement at 3 p.m. UK time today, which is Sunday, and then said we have to push it back an hour due to some sort of media request. I don't know really who who actually cared because there was no actual media covering anything. And then our pal William put out two video tweets totaling about three minutes in length where he started saying, okay, we've got an announcement to make. Then he talked about his failed attempt to buy Force India and threw a bunch of people under the bus. That pretty much ended the two-minute video. Then in the next video, he said, I bought a majority stake in the team, but can't make the actual announcement yet. Sounds about right. I'm s- cool. If, if what? My announcement is that I have an announcement at some point that there might be an announcement. Can you make sure you live stream? And it? like, if you buy the majority of a team, shouldn't you be able to make the announcement? Uh, yeah, I would think so, but maybe not. I don't 
maybe it hasn't gone through yet. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Who knows? With Listen, them. I know there's no logic in anything this man or this company man, whatever you want to say, does. I just, you just, I just watched that three minute video and then I sat back and I went, I wish I had those three minutes of my life back because it was a total waste of time. Yeah. yeah. I like the, they bid more for Force India than Lawrence Stroll. Or he somehow threw Sergio Perez under the bus. I didn't quite get that one. Sergio, per- because Ser- <laughs> Sergio Perez, Sergio it? sponsors put them in administration or help them get in administration when when the team was financially struggling. So I I understand why he named Perez, not that it made any sense. So Yeah. I I don't know. The first video was just like, you know, an NFU to Perez. Oh, I hate Red Bull. We're gonna take them down. Oh, screw you, Lawrence Stroll. Aston Martin is a bunch of bums. Yeah, they he oh. said he sacked Haas. It's like we went sacked. Yeah, Haas. He sacked Haas. Yep. Love the love the usage of sacked though. That needs to be used more in America. Yeah. In, in July 2018, I sacked them. Now, bro, you probably just stopped paying them. But you know, we'll let the we'll let the differences work themselves out. It's it. Yeah, I I got nothing. They're just so random. <laughs> I actually hope that they are involved in F1 this year because it's so fun to pitfall them because they make it so easy. That's fair. That is fair. That's all I got. All right. Mine will be short and sweet. Um, And mine's kind of silly also. And forgive me if I make a loud noise. My cat just climbed onto my shoulder. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So mine is the fact that it is 11 p.m. on a Sunday. And we are just now, just now, over 50% into the Daytona 500. Why on earth? do series and i'm not just talking about nascar series in general why do they think it's a great idea on a sunday night to restart these races at like 9 p.m do they not realize that the majority of the fans that are going to be tuning into this need to go to bed gosh kyle and we're under a yellow flag again so you know that's gonna be bubba holy smokes we're at like we're at like lap 90 something for those who Good God. Nice oh, save my Bubba. I think that was Eric Jones who almost wrecked him right here. This 18? online is 18 scoring Bush? has him at lap 112, so that means they're just over halfway. Yeah, 18 M&M's car. Oh, yeah, sorry, and then sorry. 20's Bell. Yeah, they both both have close calls in this yeah, but Bell that we're watching live. Yeah. Sorry, I'm like a minute behind you probably. Yeah, I'm behind is both Eric of you Jones still race? He does. He's in the 20 car. No, that's Bell. Oh, I'm sorry. Eric Jones is in the 43 this year, I think. Oh, is he? We'll talk about mistaken. a downgrade. Holy smokes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. Some, some... oh, man, I can't believe Kyle Larson got out of that one, too. Anyways, um, sorry. Yes, Jess, I think this is absolutely absurd. <laughs> I'm, it's We're podcasting on a Sunday at 11 o'clock your guys' time, and the race is not halfway over yet. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to me that they think that that's a good idea. I mean, I know that tomorrow, at, if they started at 4 p.m., granted, they probably wouldn't because the weather looks to be rain at that time tomorrow. But 
they wouldn't have a lot to start the race, but at least when people got home from work, they could turn it on. Yeah. But at 11 p.m. on a Sunday. Can you imagine? So when we were on Twitch chatting NASCAR earlier today, which feels like two days ago right now, we predicted that stage three would take somewhere between two and two and a half hours. Now, granted, there are a lot less cars left in the race than we probably guessed, but that means... A, a rough estimate, even if it's an hour and a half, it'll be 12.30, between 12.30 and 1.30 in the morning Eastern time when this race ends. And now I know not everybody has to work tomorrow because it is President's Day, but I still don't really want to be up till 2 o'clock in the morning. And will I? Yes, of course. I had a cup of coffee at 9.15, so I'm I'm plenty awake now. But man, I just, I don't, there are a lot of people who've been saying, oh, they need to start early. And I've been kind of like, well, you know, the West Coast. Now I am firmly on that. They should start. This race should start by one thirty in the afternoon. Just like I think the Indy 500 start started later this past year, which wasn't really that good. Well, yeah, like, this year was rain, weird, but... though. But so you can't really. Fair. Yeah. Usually it starts at uh, noon. All right, well, do we have anything else? No? All right, Matt, who's going to win the Daytona 500? Uh, Chastain. All right, Ross Chastain. Jess, I don't remember your prediction before, but it's on Twitch for those who want to watch it, and I have one prediction left that Bubba is going to finish in the top 10. Mine was Larson. Larson, yes, thank you. Looks like you picked up some damage there, but he should be all right. Hopefully. fingers crossed. That I have one prediction that works out for once. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, sorry, sorry in advance, Bubba, that you're probably not going to finish stage three. Anyway, we'll be back next week with more stuff, news, and maybe we'll do more trivia and see what else comes up and and laugh at Rich Energy some more. So, unless there's anything else, Jess, go ahead and sign us off. And guys, keep your lug nuts tight. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.